one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The gaming industry might be bigger than ever today, but that also means risks are almost never taken at a high-budget level. We all know the score. Bankable mechanics, overly chirpy side characters for box-ticking comedy relief. Sometimes the biggest-selling franchises aren't the best ways to spend your time. Yet, these are the ones that'll get the sequels, because they are the safest way to go. On the other side, then, are the one-offs, the games and franchises you wish were continued, and the ones that every time they get mentioned have that passionate response of, why didn't we get more of that. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are 8 great video games that never got sequels. Number 8, Stranglehold. God, I miss the post-Max Payne slow-motion third-person shooter boom. Chili con carnage and total overdose. Wet, the surprisingly awesome wanted game and stranglehold. The high-budget gamified reprise of Chow Yun-Fat and director John Woo. With 1992's hard-boiled a precursor to Max Payne with all of its dual-wielding and dodging bullet dives, it was about time they got in on the action in the new era. Stranglehold promised and it delivered. With snappy arcade shooting, awesomely visceral bullet cam fatalities, environmental interactions like rolling along a food trolley while shooting and lots of slow motion. You were encouraged to be as stylish and creative as possible and it hit the ground running. Sadly, that was all for the continued adventures of one Inspector Tequila. Whilst there were rumblings of a movie adaptation at one point, all things Tequila time came and went across the late 2000s. Number 7. Enslaved Odyssey to the West People often cite Beyond Good and Evil as a cult classic in narrative and adventure, but way lesser appreciated is the unbelievably ambitious Enslaved Odyssey to the West. A futuristic retelling, kind of, of an old Chinese tale journey to the West, this brought in A-list talent like Andy Serkis, looked absolutely gorgeous, played like Uncharted meets Devil May Cry, and then barely made a dent. To this day, it's a shame, and Enslaved would totally benefit from a frame rate and resolution boost re-release for newer audiences. At its heart, this is a beautiful action-adventure game, with strong performances from Circus and Lindsay Shaw, playing Monkey and Trip respectively. Bound together by strained circumstances, the two companions work together to return to Trip's village, becoming the titular journey as they cross beautiful landscapes and set pieces mixed with a chunky combat system and varied bosses. Odyssey to the West also has a crazy ending that stuck with all those who managed to see it, something that would only work in its favor in an age of social media and clip-sharing. Ninja Theory have gone on to do bigger and widely known things like the mighty Hellblade, sadly leaving Enslaved as a one and done. Number 6. Dark Sector The game with the glaive. As a lot of people remember it, Dark Sector is fascinatingly a precursor to Warframe. You can even see that game's armor appearing here first, but mainly it just let you lob a huge death-bringing blade disc at people's legs, and that just felt stupidly good. 
The USP does begin and end with the glaive, but it added variety to some already super satisfying Gears of War shooting and meaty melee attacks. Every few minutes though you'd fling your glaive out from behind cover and then manually control it, lopping off limbs, burying it in some dude's face, or interacting with various elements to start spreading fire or electricity around the level. Dark Sector is a strange beast, recruiting Smallville's Lex Luthor Michael Rosenbaum to be Hayden Tenno, then barely using him across the story. Regardless, everything good here minus the glaive would be fleshed out and capitalized on as Warframe became a gargantuan runaway success, leaving this to be a unique cover shooter with maybe the best gimmick of all time. More slow motion piloting of things in games, please. Number 5. Second Sight and PsyOps The Mindgate Conspiracy Rolling these together because weirdly the summer of 2004 saw two telekinetically powered titles approach these mechanics and feels from different points of view. Then both never got follow-ups. While personally I was always a PsyOps guy, I just loved that game's physics and all-out experimental carnage, Second Sight had by far the stronger story. Playing as amnesiac John Vadek, events don't quite play out how you'd expect. No spoilers, but this is an intentionally mind-bending espionage tale that knows exactly where it wants you to be, with the endgame twist being one of the strongest you'll ever experience. Gameplay itself was great fun too, as you gradually unlock Vatic's latent psychic abilities, becoming stronger and able to manipulate more of the environment and enemies themselves, figuring out just what the hell happened for you to end up this way. Both PsyOps gameplay and Second Sight's narrative are standout positives in a sea of third-person shooters, innovative expansions to core mechanics that would feel fresh as hell if they got a reprisal in any form today. Number 4. Stuntman The only title on here that did get a sequel, albeit a completely overlooked one amidst some unique circumstances, Stuntman also being ahead of its time means I need to pick all this apart and see what you think. So in 2002, Stuntman's whole thing was trying to nail a run of specific flips, markers, drifts, etc. on a film set, across one giant checkpoint. Get any part wrong, maybe the physics bone you over on that last corner, and it was back to the start, with lengthy load times in between. Needless to say, the words frustrating, tedious, and F this dominated reviews and word of mouth, as even an early playable demo put a lot of people off. 2007's follow-up Stuntman Ignition was then ignored entirely as THQ built towards becoming bankrupt and that was that. Today though, with the latest hardware eliminating load times and a post-Super Meat Boy or post-Trials audience hungrier than ever for one more try gameplay, it would be a perfect fit. Imagine a stuntman game with community-created Hollywood lots daring only the best drivers to survive Trackmania-style tests of patience and skill, with only one person being the best digital stunt driver in the world. That, at least I think, would be really cool. Number 3. Black Criterion, in their own words, set out to do for shooting what Burnout did for racing, and you can't fault that confidence to this day. Whilst physics engines and processing power have moved on exponentially since 2006, Black still has legions of fans simply because of how much it blew our collective minds at the time. Now, there is a plot in Black, told in between levels, but it was a very by-the-numbers action romp involving a CIA Black Ops unit designed to get you in the action and keep you there as fast as possible. Black was all about gameplay production value for the time, with Criterion making a point of recording the punchiest weapon noises, explosion sound effects, and everything else in between. Firing a shotgun in this game feels like that part in a meme where the volume blows the F out and there was nothing better. What Black absolutely nailed was zeroing in on that core fun of running and gunning, destroying everything in sight along the way. Criterion had honed destructive environments and breakable physics from Burnout's crash systems, and channeling old-school games like Doom and Quake, it was a blast from start to finish. Thankfully, now it's also available on Xbox backwards compatibility if you're curious to try now. 
Number two, split second. Rare is the day I'm not pining for more burnout, though Forza Horizon does continue to get closer and closer. Back before Criterion were gobbled up entirely by EA, though, their literal trailblazing arc across gaming created a handful of snappier racing copycats. From Blur to Motorstorm to now Hot Wheels Unleashed and the godly inertial drift flying the flag for arcade racing once again, nestled in between was Split Second, a truly treasurable one-off made by ATV developers BlackRock and published by Disney. Here, it's literally burnout with Hollywood explosions, the trick being that the power-ups you collect actually trigger things in the environment, like crushing the opposition with a falling building or detonating the entire track to change course. Split Second felt like a natural evolution of what Burnout set in motion, in a way the Revenge series steered away from skillful evasive driving. It was ported to PSP as Split Second Velocity, but the actual Split Second 2 was canned and the franchise was never heard from again. And number one, Bulletstorm. Marketed like a Duke Nukem adjacent title that starts by calling a character Dick Tits, that was all most people needed to avoid Bulletstorm like the plague. Actually play though, and while there is a ton of tood surprisingly coming from Dead Space writer Rick Remender, it's the innovative and experimental take on first-person shooter combos that's the real highlight. Giving you one button access to a powerful Spartan boot style launching kick, a whip to pull enemies back in closer, and a host of weapons and explosives, you can then mix them together for what feels like endless one-off kills and environmental finishes. Think Tony Hawk's combo chains with Borderlands Enhanced Carnage, and that's way closer to how this should have come across. Weirdly, later consoles did get a version of the game where you play as Duke Nukem. Almost like the devs thought steering directly into their biggest criticism would neutralize it, but that only told the naysayers to run for the hills. Gameplay-wise, though, there is a lot to build on here, and writing a script that directly addresses crass late 90s and 2000s posturing would be the way to go. Waggleton P. Tallylicker, we hardly knew ye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>